Hey, it's Heidi. Welcome back for another video. I'm so glad you're here. If you're new here, welcome home. We deal with all things toxic and dysfunctional around here. And I have to say that there really isn't a more hurtful um, or, or confusing relationship than a relationship with an addict or an alcoholic. You have two people that you love, especially when they're your parent, right? Because here's your mom or dad. And you love them with your whole heart. And you can see, maybe you've seen glimpses of them be the parent that you know they can be or love you the way that you want them to love you or care for you in the way that you want them to care for you or just you know, be the person you know they can be. But then on the other hand, you've seen them quack, jacked, whacked out of their head, crazy, doing terrible things saying hurtful, crazy things to you, being an awful human being, or disappearing, just ghosting you, um, and then they come back and in and out, I love you, I hurt you, I love you, I hurt you, I love you, I hurt you. And what ends up happening is this confusion in your mind of like this tug of war, where on the one hand, you wanna be super loyal to that parent, like that's my mom, that's my dad. But on the other hand, you there's a hatred there. If you're really honest with yourself, like a deep-seated, like a real anger, whether it's at them or the disease or the dysfunction or whatever it is, and you're like, you're thinking at the end of the day, man, I just wish they loved me enough to fucking stop. You know, whether we want to admit that or not, I think every single one of us has thought at a time or two, man, I wish I was worth it. I wish I was lovable enough for them to pick me. Man. I wish they could see their grandkids. I wish they could like understand how much we love them. If they really knew that, they wouldn't do this to us. And if you're a little kid and you go through something like this, you're thinking, man, something must be really wrong with me that they're choosing this over me. Addiction leaves a lasting impact. Addiction leaves a lasting impact long after it's over. If whether they die from the addiction or you decide you want nothing to do with them from the addiction or they get better, it continues to have an impact on your life forever until you have an awareness about that impact and you start to make some changes in your life. Now, I want to give you five things you need to know, but honey, let me tell you, there are hundreds more, okay? There's so much you need to know about how this has impacted your life, the major core issues that you've developed as a result of this. I did make other videos about this, the core issues, okay? Trust, intimacy, vulnerability, you know, all these things that come up mostly in your area of intimate relationships. But here I just want to give you like a sweeping overview of five things you need to deep dive into if you're going to be a happy, healthy, functioning, firing on all cylinders, full of joy, full of love, have the relationships you deserve, even in spite of all that stuff that went down. All right. So I'm glad you're here. If you find something that you like here, make sure that you click that like button because it does help us help more people. YouTube is a damn C and it's really hard to get through the noise and go, hey, here's help, you know, especially in this area of expertise, which is like, there's not a lot of people kind of um, doing, right? So it's like harder to find. But my specialty, part of that is with people who grew up in addiction or dysfunction and were called ACOA or ACA, adult children of alcoholic, 
um, alcoholism, addiction, dysfunction, narcissistic abuse, abuse in any way. And we all kind of have these similar traits. And so the more you learn about them, it's like, it's like the more you know with a star, you know, it's like after school special. But the more you know about how this stuff impacted you, the more you're able to navigate your life and be happy, right? That's what we want ultimately. So the first thing that you need to know uh, when you're dealing, when you're, when you're navigating a, um, an addicted parent, mom or dad, is that it's not your fault. Now, I know you're going to go, oh my God, genius. I know that. Okay, maybe you do, right? But when you were a child, especially if you grew up in this environment, you didn't know that intellectually. And that's when you formulated ideas about your role in all of this is from birth to like seven years old, right? So when you're a little kid and you see daddy being drunk or mommy being high or whatever it is, as a little kid, you had beliefs formed about what was really going on. And nine times out of 10, this was that worthiness thing that shows up in your life where it's very confusing confusing for you. On the one hand, you know, it's not your fault as an adult. You know that they're alcoholic, they're addicted. It's their shit. It's not your stuff. But on the other hand, when you were a little kid, you got the subconscious message that they were choosing that over you or they were hurting you and loving you. And you didn't, couldn't make heads or tails of that. So you internalized it likely and made to me something's wrong with you. That's the primary question of an addict or an alcoholic uh, child of that is what's wrong with me. Now, that internalized question doesn't really come out that way. It shows up in weird ways with behaviors that you might be doing in your everyday life today, like perfectionism. You're afraid to make a mistake as an adult, right? So you're trying to like make, do every, make sure you do everything right all the time. You wrestle with control issues. You want to make sure you're on top of stuff all the time. You wrestle with like clinging. You go in too far too fast to people or withholding. You keep your distance because you're afraid of, you're afraid of intimacy, um, people pleasing or fixing other people. I mean, look, there are eight different patterns I've identified that we enact when we internalize this idea of addiction was my fault or my parents' behavior was my fault. Um, if, you know, so you can find those over at my website, lovecoachheidi.com. It's called Attachment Personality Patterns. That's what I've named them. And you can download these eight different patterns that are specific to you, somebody who grew up in this kind of dysfunctional environment. It's going to be super helpful for you because once you identify your pattern, then we can start the work of like untethering you from that pattern. Super important. Okay. And, and how you know that you've internalized this belief, right? That it's your fault somehow, even though you know that intellectually isn't true. Um, there was a really good book that I read on CPTSD that talked about this difference between having confidence, but no self-esteem. There's a conflict where I know I can kick ass, right? I know I am an overcomer. I know that I'm super strong, but I lack a self-esteem in other areas, like getting my big ideas out into the world or, or exposing myself truly in my relationship. So I lack this like self-esteem that encompasses vulnerability, but I'm excellent in things that don't require any vulnerability, mostly like success, kicking ass, making money, climbing ladders, sports, you know, things that I can just like achieve in. But when it comes to like opening, you're stuck. So you know that you've internalized this not my fault thing if that rings a bell for you or anything else I've said, okay? Number two is you need to know if you have an addicted parent is you can't fix them. Now, again, this might sound like a no-brainer, but for a kid, even an adult, you've likely taken on the role of the hero in your family and you're still trying to this day if they're living, figuring out how to help them. 
you know, what's the best way to rescue them and save them and fix them from this. And I remember thinking that up until the day my dad died. I actually had my dad come in where I was a teacher at a drug and alcohol treatment center for eight years. I ran the family program and did all the codependency groups and relationship groups and things like that. And I had him in my classes. And up until then, I'm like, oh, I'm going to give this lecture today and he's going to understand it and break free. I was delusional up until the day he passed away as far as my ability to make an impact in his life. So we've got to learn how to detach from the notion that someday you're going to say the right thing or do the right thing that's going to save the day. That's an inside job. That's something that they're going to have to figure out on their own. The light's going to go off or it never will, but there's nothing that you have control over in any way, shape or form. So if, if, if it's true that you can't fix them, what else can you choose to do and where can you put your focus with your time, energy and talents and resources? Okay. If, if it's, if it's not going to be making a difference there, what can you do instead? of that all the time, all that energy that you take thinking about how to make this thing uh, fixed, right? How to just get your dad or your mom back. The third thing you need to know, again, these are kind of like common sense things, but they're subconscious beliefs that you hold, right? Your conscious knows better because you're so freaking smart. You know better, but on many levels, it's the belief that's like in here that when you go to do big things in your life, it's the thing that goes, oh, I'm not good enough, right? And one of those things is you need to remember and know and really fully understand is um, love has nothing to do with this. It never did. Now, I remember, I know that as an adult, I can go, yeah, love has nothing to do with this. I know my dad tried to love me. You know, I know he did the best he could. He was just, but the reality is when you're a kid, you don't know that. So if you grew up in addiction or dysfunction, you're thinking to yourself, it is my fault. And if they did love me enough, they would stop. I remember actually thinking that on many occasions as a child, man, if my dad loved me enough, why can't he just think I'm worth it? Like, why can't he look at me and my siblings and the family that he has and think, oh yeah, I'd rather that. We don't understand addiction that, it, that when you're drunk or high, all of your love chemicals, all of your feelings of connection and love and wellness, initially, you know, in that addiction are coming from the chemical. They're not coming from you anyway. In fact, our body stops natural production at some point in addiction of those feel good, love, connecting chemicals, and we only get it from our drug of choice. So somebody can seem so empty and hollow and stare at their own kids and feel nothing and want to feel something, but can't feel anything until they ingest a substance. And then that's where they're getting all of their bonding from. They can't bond to humans, so they bond to the substance instead. And they can't, they can't really love you the way they want to love you because the true love is that, you know, that's, that's hijacked them. So at, at some point of addiction, we have to understand it's not about a choice. It's not about, a dis, it's not about decisions, even though we can say as an adult, because you're so strong and you're so awesome and you're such an overcomer and there's many things in your, I'm not pumping sunshine up your ass. I really know this to be true about you. Okay, let's be real. I don't need to give you fake compliments because you know better anyway that you can spot bullshit a mile away. All right. You know, I'm not bullshitting you. You can do that kind of stuff because you're resilient and you're strong and you're resolved, but that's not what addiction is. Addiction isn't about resilience or strong. It's literally a hijack. There's a good video on this channel about it. I encourage you to look at it and watch it, okay, how addiction happens. Okay, the fourth thing you need to know is that even if you do get your parent help, you know, and they get them into treat, you get them into treatment, you get them some kind of help. This is never really over. And you need to know that as a hero, because you can put all your time and energy into fixing somebody, even though you can't fix them. 
you can get them into treatment, they can be on the right track, and if and, and recovery doesn't really begin, so to speak, even until they really get out of treatment. And then there, it's up to them to like work a consistent program and be in recovery. And you can't do that for them, you know. So it's it's kind of never ending. It's like if you lose a hundred pounds, you have to consistently manage that decision with good choices, right? If you work on your marriage um, and you go to a weekend seminar, it's not like thank God that's over. You know what I mean? Like you got to keep pouring into your marriage and sowing seeds of love and affection and attention and all and communication and all these things. And same is true with recovery. So they need to work a plan and. And you have to understand that, that this is usually going to like many times, and I hate to sound pessimistic, but it's a lifelong battle for people. You know, many people are in and out of recovery their whole lives. And so you can't get too attached to the idea of, thank God that's over. I remember the first time my dad went into treatment, I was like, oh God, good. Finally going to have the dad I always wanted. Thank Jesus. It's about time. I think I was like in my thirties. I was like, oh God, thank God I'm going to have a dad. Oh, I'm going to have my dad, even full time have my dad. But he relapsed. 24 hours out and I was devastated because I didn't understand. I thought treatment was fixing him. And then the last thing you need to know, let's go over the five first. It's not your fault, right? Intrinsically, I know you know that intellectually, but are you carrying around these ways of showing up in the world that makes you feel less than and affects your self-esteem? Then you've internalized that it's your fault and you need to get some help with that. Number two, you can't fix them. Okay, there's nothing you can do to fix them. And we talk about, you know, your energy that you're spending there. Love has nothing to do with it. But again, if you internalize that and thought if they loved you enough, they quit, then your self-esteem has taken a hit. It's never really over. This is a long, lifelong battle for many people. And not to sound pessimistic, some people get it and never look back. However, even if people do get better, it's a lifelong thing for us too. All right? So... Even if somebody gets well and they go into recovery and they're working a plan, if you have been impacted by their addiction for a minute, okay, a week, a year, years, decades, it has left scars. It has last, it has left a lasting impact on you as well in many areas of your life. Like I talked about your codependency issues that stem up from growing up in this environment, being a perfectionist, a people pleaser, a controller, a fixer, a withholder, a clinger, um, all these different patterns. There are eight of them. Go download my free book over at lovecoachheidi.com, Attachment Personality Patterns. That'll explain this even better to you. Um, But the fifth point is you need help too. And I know that's crazy, sounds crazy because it's like, man, I don't need help. They're the ones, they're jacked up. You know what I mean? They're the ones screwing up everything and ruining lives. I'm good, I'm good. But are you good? Or is your area of your relationships impacted? Do you have a lack of trust and and vulnerability? Is it hard for you to trust people and open up? Do you have control issues, right? Do you have intimacy challenges? Are there ways, do you have issues putting yourself out into the world and being who you wanna be and speaking about the things you wanna talk about? Do you have boundary problems, right? With people where, not the people like out there, right? But people that matter to you. Do people cross your boundaries? Do you pick people that are alcoholics or addicted to try to heal that pain through your relationships? Are you repeating old patterns? You know, are you subjecting your children to an alcoholic father because you grew up? I mean, who knows, right? So you need help too. That's the purpose of my work. That's what I long to do. I long to help you undo that programming that was done as a child that you really had no decision about. You really had no choice. You were like left with this brain that was forming its big ideas. And unfortunately, it formed a lot of these ideas around um, your not enoughness. 
you know, your lovability came into question and we need to restore your true identity and not be putting on these masks of these other personalities in order that you took on to survive, to thrive, connect, or cope in that family, all right? Go over to lovecoachheidi.com. I know this is a lot. I can be a fire hose, right? Lots of information. But what I want you to know is there are many, many roads to roam, right? Many ways to look at things, many ways to heal. So if you find something that resonates with you that I'm saying, and you like my approach, and you like the thing that I'm, the way that I explain things, then I really want to encourage you to come deeper with me. Get on board. Go over to lovecoachheidi.com, send me a message, sign up for one of those free workshops, consider some of the programs that we offer to untether these old beliefs and to restore your ultimate potential so that you can be who you want to be in this world. You can share your gifts and talents with the world. You can unleash your fullest potential. You can rid yourself of any of that residual stuff that, that was, that impacted you very early on. All right. I love you. I hope you have a great day today and I look forward to deepening our relationship. See you really soon.